Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 28 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 27 of A Game of Thrones, which is Eddard 6. We'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you, and hopefully we'll provide you with some entertainment along the way. We'll summarise what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, indulge in a little pedantry, and definitely, actually, cover some reader mail. That's right. Uh, Be sure to check out the show notes. They provide some additional information about the characters and other things of note in this chapter. How are you? I'm doing all right. We're uh, later and later into the week with this. uh, Well, actually, we're into a whole new week. (laughs) This this two episodes a week is taking a toll, and we're we're not going to be able to keep it up for too much longer. But uh, um, so I have a funny story for you. So um, I, you know, I like board games. I am well aware. I. uh, I'm lucky my wife doesn't really listen to the podcast because I'm about to <laughs> admit to something she doesn't know. Uh, I bought three board games at work the other day. Uh, okay, yes, board, yes, yes, yes. And uh, one of them is quite complicated. It's uh, Well, it's not it's not the most complicated game I know, but I was trying to learn it by watching YouTube videos. The, uh-huh. game, the game is called Power Grid, and the map is the United States. And you basically okay. you have to sort of build power plants to connect these cities and sort of you get the most points right. by, by powering the most cities. And the video was actually an English guy do, okay. doing this thing. Yeah. And so his knowledge of American geography may not be quite what it needed to be. <laughs> and he was also, um, because he was doing the video, he was holding the map upside down to himself. Uh-huh. So it was right way up to the camera and he yeah. was pointing to things. And so he sort of said, and you could put a city here in, and he pointed to the city of Duluth, Minnesota. But as he read it upside down, and he didn't know what the heck this city was, he called it Owluth. <laughs> he thought it was an O. He called it Owluth. And then he kept saying it. And then it, 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 he, honestly, as he went on, the more times he said it, the more he added a T in there. So it became Outluth. <laughs> He's just making stuff <laughs> just up. making stuff up. And like, the whole comment section are, dude, it's Duluth. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy. No one learned anything else from that. They couldn't get mad at No, his video was very good, actually. Yeah. It basically taught me how to play that game. I haven't right. actually played it yet because my son's just hard to get motivated over new games. Well, you know. It's good that he plays board games with you. It's not a yeah. thing a lot of kids in this generation yeah, that's true. do. We we played one of the other ones this weekend, Castles of Burgundy, and that was very good. And he does get a kick out of the fact that he always crushes me. He t- he's, Every board game. He, he, he may be tough to get motivated to do it, but he's quite the board game. Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> has a smug grin on his face every time. He says after the game, he says, Hey, Dad, are there any games that you are better at than me? <laughs> I'm like, shut up. I'm at chess. <laughs> I'm better. Well, actually, last time we played chess, he won. He was telling me. Nah. It was, well, it was, we were at a resort in Mexico. Okay. And we were playing one of those, like, full standing, you know, big pieces. Yes, yes. And 
I'd had a few. <laughs> so <laughs> it is possible you beat me. I literally don't remember. <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. Quick yes, recap of what it. Ned Stark was up to previously. Last time we saw him, he was checking out a book from the Picel Library. Remember, <laughs> Maester Picel had uh, lent a book to John Arryn, and yes. that's what Ned was looking for. He was reassuring Arya that Bran could still make something of his life and promising her something for her life, which she really did not want. No interest. And discussing with Peter Baelish the strange elevation of John Arryn's squire to becoming Sir Hugh of the Vale in the immediate aftermath of John Arryn's death. And also being told by Peter Baelish to stop trusting everybody. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, McKelly, why don't we give them the summary? All right. So Ned sits in a small council meeting, hearing a plea from Janus Slint, the commander of the City Watch, about their need for more resources due to the influx of travelers to King's Landing for the Hand's Tourney. Slint explains how crime has skyrocketed as a result, and Ned tells Slint to hire 50 men and tasks Peter Baelish to find the money for it. Ned also offers 20 of his own household guard. Back in his chambers, Ned opens the book he requested from Grandmeister Picel that John Aaron had looked at the day before his illness began. So far, he can find nothing of use in it. As Ned's flipping through the history of House Lannister... Oh, yeah, the book is a history of all the great houses. Yes, yes. Um, he's flipping through the history of the House Lannister. Jory Cassell enters with news. He's found the former stable boy of John Arryn's that Peter Baelish discovered. He's the last of the four former Arryn staff members that Baelish tracked down for Ned. The first three's information consisted of random rumours... Although the potboy did say John Arryn was having a fancy suit of armour commissioned, which struck Ned as odd. The former stable boy insists John Arryn was visiting a brothel with Stannis Baratheon, King Robert's oldest younger brother. This blows Ned's mind, as neither of those men are the type to frequent brothels. But since Stannis left for Dragonstone before Ned got to King's Landing, he can't just ask him what that's about. So, Ned goes to see the armourer, Tubho Mott, that John Arryn commissioned. When he gets there, it turns out that Aaron did not actually hire the man to make anything. Rather, he came to see a boy. Ned, too, asks to see the boy, and his name is Gendry. And after taking a close look at him, Ned realizes why John Aaron and Stannis came to see him. He is clearly the son of King Robert. The chapter ends with Ned wondering why Aaron was visiting a bastard of Robert's and why it was worth his life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exciting stuff. It is. See, we're back with Ned in King's Landing. Yeah. That's where, yeah, the, yeah. where the action is right now. So King's Landing is getting over, overrun because of the Hans Tony. But <laughs> Ned <laughs> likes to call it the King's Tony, but everybody else calls it the Hans Tony. Yeah, much to his chagrin. Yeah. Yep. I think it was Jaina Slint mentions that for every night, there's two free riders, three craftsmen, six men-at-arms, a dozen merchants, and two dozen prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So that's... It's a lot of people. That's essentially one prostitute each. <laughs> I can't imagine they're making that much money. So fight, robberies, murders, rape, drunken horse races down the streets of the sisters and heads floating in the rainbow pool of the Great Sept or yeah. what uh, Slint is dealing with. Now, I, I found it, I don't know, a little bit interesting that Renly was so not understanding about this. He says to Janus, if you can't handle keeping the king's peace, we'll get... Um, commander of the king's watch who can handle this and he janus's reply is Aegon the dragon himself couldn't keep the peace in this city right now and i wondered if it's because that uh what's his name renly is the master of laws maybe yeah maybe overall he see oversees the 
that kind of work. That it's interesting. I, I, I put it down to Renly just being sort of flippant with people, you know, because he is. <laughs> yeah, he I is. Mean, That's true. People come to Renly with problems. He's likely to give them, you know, attitude in return. Right. That's but, true. But it is, yeah, I mean, it could be because as Master of Laws, he is somewhat involved in that process, yeah. you know, so maybe he does feel a sort maybe. of sense of ownership of That's that. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. But uh, Robert didn't show again. And as Ned phrases it, as ever, Robert didn't bother to show. Yeah. So clearly this is normal. It's funny, actually, even sort of like as I think about small council meetings, I never think of the king being in attendance. Right. It doesn't occur to me that he's part of that, but yes. I think Robert feels the same way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Littlefinger raises an eyebrow at Ned saying, hire 50 more people yeah. as if money grows on trees. But yep. uh, Ned does point out they've just found 20,000 gold crowns for the purse for the tournament. So a few <laughs> coppers to police the streets shouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and he gives them 20 of his own, 20 of his own men. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. The, some members of the small councils notice the uh, silver lining that it's bringing prosperity to the town. Right. Presumably, yeah. first among those would be Peter Baelish, owner of brothels. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because <laughs> the 20000 he's spending of the crown's money, much of it is coming back into his own pocket. Yes, yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, Ned doesn't seem very happy. No, he's not. He's missing Cat, and he he thinks about missing the sights and sounds of Winterfell, like Rob and John sword fighting, and some he's of missing, snow. He's missing the cold. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of the tournament surely can't be helping his mood. Yeah, it's only making matters worse. Yeah. <laughs> so the book that he got from uh, Grandmaster Pycelle, the book that John Arryn was reading the night before he died, is called uh, "Is Is the Lineage of the Great Houses." with descriptions of the people that right. have come down the generations of the great houses. Yep. And Pycelle told him it was a ponderous reading, and he's realizing, yeah, he was right about that. And he has no clue what he's looking for in yeah. this century-old book, so he's just uh, flipping through it. Do you think that the end of the chapter with discovering Gendry might make the connection for him? Of what he's looking for? I mean, obviously, we have to be careful, because you and yeah. I know what he's looking for in right. that book. yes. Uh, I don't know. Those feel like two dots that are joinable. Yes, right. You know, we're looking at a house of lineages. Yes. And we've just discovered a lineage. Well, yes. Okay, well done. I can see how, without without being too spoilery, that was a good uh, description of why these two facts might connect. Yes. So he's... Yeah, so he doesn't know anything about it. He doesn't know why he's reading the book. So he's reading up on House Lannister because Cersei is one of the people he yeah. thinks might be involved. Seems like a good place to start. Uh, and so we get a little bit of a background on the, on House Lannister. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back to that in the background. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about this more when we get to Gendry, but we know that Robert has a lot of bastards. Like, even back, all the way back to Chapter 2, I think it was 2. I don't know. It was one of the earlier chapters Cat mentions. No, it was it was Cat too. Cat mentions to to Ned about how Robert's got a bunch of bastards running around uh, King yeah. Glenn when he says I can't take John That's to right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to court because she said the difference is he doesn't parade them around in front right. of his wife. Yeah. You know? So we don't know why she sees them everywhere, but she doesn't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we don't know why Gendry might be special. You know, I mean. That's what Ned's wondering. Why are you interested in the, in the King's Bastard? You know, what's so special about him? We'll be right back. 
Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. Jory Castle comes in with news. He's the paragon of uh, <laughs> trust that Ned told Littlefinger about. Yeah. He's been interviewing Aaron's staff. Uh, Ned doesn't think the first three were useful, including one of the first three was Sir Hugh of the Vale, who I mentioned earlier as being the one that seemed the most interesting right. to me. Yeah, last Ned episode, yeah. we thought this guy was going to be useful. Yeah, but Sir Hugh refused point blank to talk to Jory, yeah. arrogant as only a new na- new made knight can be. Yeah, let's go through the... The three we've yeah. talked to so far. Yeah. So, Sir Hugh, not going to talk to Jory. Yes. He's if he wants, new, Ned wants to talk knight. to him, he'll have to do it himself. Yeah, I was thinking maybe at the tourney, you'd have to assume if he's a newly made knight, he's probably going to participate in the tourney. And that seems like a place where Ned could talk to him without drawing much suspicion. That's true. That's true. So, The serving girl was the second one that Jory had talked to. She she said that John Arryn was sad over his son's frailty, which yeah. makes sense. And he was gruff with Lysa, his wife, yeah. which, again, possibly makes sense, because I get the feeling that Lysa's a little overbearing with their son. Yes, it sure seems that way. Yeah, yeah and we just wonder if there was trouble between yeah. John and Lysa. But she does, she does report that he was doing some research on something. She doesn't yes. know what it was. She said reading too much for his own good. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just thinking about Sir Hugh of the Vale. Could that be a stall tactic? Maybe he refused to talk to Jory because he was stalling for time. Well, yeah, I mean, again, he's the one you think must know something. His, his, his elevation to knighthood is surprising and odd. Yes. He has some information on this death. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, yes, he's not going to volunteer information. If he can find a way to wriggle out of it, right. he's going to, you know. <laughs> the third one that Joria talked to was the pot boy, who's now a cordwainer. Also, a frighteningly fast elevation. <laughs> I don't know what either one of those two things is. <laughs> I, I looked it up, and I could be mistaken, but I think a cordwainer has something to do with shoemaking. Oh. I think. Oh, they wane cords. I'm making it up. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when when I read the chapter, looking up that word, and I think it had something to do with shoemaking. But that was like five, six days ago. So, <laughs> yeah, he never spoke to, never really spoke to. Uh, right. But but knew John. the kitchen gossip. Yes, so, he had a lot of. So this interesting is kitchen gossip. hearsay, not not admissible in court. <laughs> right. But according to our pop boy slash cord waner. Of John Aaron had been fighting with the king, not exactly not, a surprise. Yes, <laughs> as those of us who've seen the interaction of king and hand, yes, fighting would be reasonable. See Ned, if you. <laughs> <laughs> but he also wasn't uh, eating well. Yeah, he was just picking at his food. Yeah. Now that could be stress. It could be the beginning of the illness yeah. that yeah. eventually caused him his life. We're not. Mm. We don't really know. There's mm. lots of reasons why you might not be eating a lot. Yeah. And he talked, the, the rumor was that Robert uh, Arryn, John's son, was going to be fostered on Dragonstone yeah. by Stannis Baratheon. And that's kind of a big deal because 
We know Liza is not very stable, so how would she react to the idea that her son is being fostered somewhere outside of King's Land? Being fostered in general, let alone being fostered, you know, oh, yeah, in somewhere Dragon. inaccessible yes. like Dragonstone. Yeah, yeah, she wouldn't take that that well. I don't think. Um, we know after John Aaron's death, when Robert wanted to have. Little Robert fostered at, at Casterly Rock, Rock with Tywin. She just packed him up and moved, moved yeah. to back to the Vale. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. It's also interesting where it is. So it's it's on Dragonstone with Stannis. Yes, which suggests a friendship between Arryn and Stannis. Uh-huh. Which, as we get through this chapter, I think Stannis is going to become a suspect in the murder of John Arryn. Yeah, Perhaps. he's at least in in league. With, he was in league with John. Was something going on, yeah. which Ned finds very odd. But I was also thinking about why Dragonstone. Usually, you would foster someone. You foster a kid somewhere where there's other kids his age, especially an only child like Robert. Why lonely Dragonstone, where Shireen is the only other kid? Oh, you call Sh- you recall Shireen? Shireen? I guess it's Shireen. Shireen. Okay. I don't know why I said Shireen. That's fine. I noticed the. It's because you went all Australia. <laughs> Shireen. <laughs> I noticed in the last Ned chapter, I was referring referring to Lord Varys as Lord Varys several Varys. times. I think I was mixing Aries and Varys, right, yeah. and I got Varys. Yeah. yeah, but but. It's not necessarily true, is it? Because, I mean, if you think Ned and uh, Robert were both fostered by John Arryn, who didn't have any kids. Oh, yeah. But they had each other. They had each other. They had each other. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I I wonder if... I I think more it goes to they had a relationship. They had a friendship of some sort. Some sort. Stannis doesn't seem like the friendliest kind of guy. but, But Arryn obviously trusted him enough to think about sending his only son there. Right. So there seems to be at least that level of trust. If Stannis is a suspect in his murder, then obviously that's a pretty bad, big <laughs> betrayal of said trust. A terrible judge of character, this one. <laughs> Maybe he just really didn't want to foster the kid. <laughs> I met that kid. I'd rather kill you than foster him. Uh, yeah, then the next one we get I, interest in breeding of hunting hounds. That could just be something that's thrown in. I... Personally, but you know what the uh, breeding of hunting hounds is? It's it's lineage. Oh. It's a, so that might be it to huh. a certain extent. That might be why that gets a mention. Yeah, I never Thinking thought about, of that. You know. Yeah. Huh. And then the pot boy is the one who says that he visited the armorer to commission some fancy armor with a falcon sigil. Stannis went with him Yes, on this trip. Both of those, all of that's out of character for both men. Like, yeah. Neither one of them are fancy armor wears necessarily, yeah. especially John Aaron, and neither seem like very big shoppers. Yeah. But clearly, they went to meet Gen- Gendry. Yeah, it's, it, we're going for Gendry here as well. Yeah, the soft Gendry, Gendry not, yeah. the, not the Gendry, but Gendry. That's that's how uh, yeah it goes in my head. I'm pretty sure that's how the audiobook does. Yeah, it, yeah. But so the out of character doesn't really apply because they weren't shopping. Right, but they were the, there to the re- whole reason he goes to takes this field trip to visit the armorer is because he thinks that's really out of character. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, yeah, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. He's um, He thinks back to how John Aaron yes. has always felt that armor is 
functional. Yes. Steel is steel and it's meant for protection, yeah, not yeah, ornament, I think, yeah. is something along yeah. the lines of how yeah. it's worded. So, so, yes, thinking to that point, thinking to before Ned goes, yes, absolutely. Why did they do this weird out-of-character thing? Now, looking back, it's like, okay, that's not in the least bit out-of-character. Right. The two of them were curious about something. Yes. And they went to satisfy that curiosity. They, together, are talking about something that makes them interested in Gendry. Right. They wanted to meet him. They wanted to lay eyes on him. They wanted to question him about something. Yeah. And so the one thing that definitely shows is that Aaron and Stannis were on the same page. Yes, exactly. Now, I don't know if that page necessarily means that the one wouldn't murder the other, but it certainly <laughs> means that they had the same interest. They right. were following the same line of thought as one another. And it extends to the info that Jory Cassell now gives Ned a, that he got from the stable boy, Go now on. Watchman. So everybody's changing jobs. <laughs> so sta- now that does sound like a pretty good elevation. Stable right. boy to Watchman. I mean, I'm not sure what a stable I mean, stable boy, I guess you've got horses and straw. Right. But yeah. Watchman sounds a little bit like there might be more pay in it at least, <laughs> you know. Well, so the stable boy. And, and did, wait, didn't the maid get married? Yes, she got married to one of uh, They've all Brandley's. four landed on their feet. Yeah. And yet, they're complete blabbermouths. <laughs> like, well, with the one exception of Sir Hugh. But the, the other three have really given us some juicy information. Yeah, yeah. So so they've not been paid off to not give... Or, or, True. Or when they were paid off, it wasn't made clear to them why <laughs> they were being paid off. <laughs> this that pays for your too. silence. Oh, sorry, sorry. So... This stable boy, now watchman, he uh, he he says that he and John were fast friends, which makes Jory snort. Mm-hmm. And um, he says that John and Stannis were taking rides to visit brothels, which um, <laughs> Ned uh, incredulously thinks the Lord of the Eyrie and Hand of the King visiting a brothel with Stannis Baratheon. Mm-hmm. I mean that just doesn't fit. Yeah. I mean, Stannis misses the days when he was starving to death in uh, Storm's End. <laughs> well, at the very beginning, when they're having this conversation with Jaina Slint uh, in the small council meeting, I think it's Renly that brings up that wasn't that long ago that Stannis was trying to convince them to close down all the brothels in Kingsland. Right. In okay, so I think we can safely conclude that they were not going to the brothel for the one and only reason one would ever go to a brothel. <laughs> it feels that way. Yeah. It certainly is leaning that way. Well, actually, I was trying to think if there's another reason one might go to a brothel. I guess if you were chasing down your recalcitrant husband. <laughs> <laughs> that. There's that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the case here either. So why were they visiting brothels? Yes, and Ned, you know, he thinks this is twice now that Stannis has been brought up by two different people. Yes, two different the, people said... Aaron and Stannis were up to things yes. which were surprising. The pot boy told him that John Aaron and Stannis went to go get the fancy armor commission. And now the stable boy is telling him John Aaron and Stannis were going visiting brothels. And he's like, Stannis again? Mm-hmm. This just doesn't make any sense because Stannis is such a... Yeah. I don't even know the right words to describe. Just... Joyless? Yes. he's He's joyless and he's just like a stickler for the rules and he's but you know what i mean i mean stannis and robert are brothers yeah yeah and they're just over a year apart yeah yeah and they're close in age and john is very fond of robert having fostered him yes and presumably for the last few years he's been very annoyed by him (laughs) so maybe he sees stannis has like 
you have so many of the good qualities that Robert had, and you have so few of the ones that he's annoying <laughs> the living daylights out of me with right now. Yeah. So maybe they were drawn together by that. But but actually, I think Ned is right. I don't think necessarily these two were long-term friends or anything. I think that whatever they're sniffing around has brought them together. Yes. That either they both independently came to the same mm-hmm. sort of whatever... Either they both came to the same point, or one of them came to a point... And said to the other, hey, have you thought about this? True. And then the two of them went down. Yeah. Like Holmes and Watson. Right, yes. After a <laughs> juicy clue. But then, so Stannis leaves King's Landing. Right, he says when Robert rides north to Winterfell after John Aaron's death, Stannis then vacates King's Landing and goes over to Dragonstone. And that's when Ned starts to question whether... Stannis had some involvement in John Aaron's death, yeah. and that's why he's fleeing. There's two obvious interpretations. One is guilt, get out of there before the, the trap falls on me. Or the other one is fear. Right. That's he and I thought. were in league. One of us has now been murdered. Yes. Get out of here before the I become the second on that yes. list. But again, Ned he's Red Agatha, it... Agatha Christie. He knows what <laughs> yeah. happens. You know. He uh, again, Ned finds it hard to believe that. Anything would frighten Stannis as he survived the Siege of Storm's End, which I think we talk about in the background. We, yeah, right? yeah, we've got plenty on that, yeah. Um, yeah, So, but maybe not fear, but maybe sort of, I don't know. It's a different, I mean, one, you're you're stuck in a castle during a siege. I mean, yeah, you have some hard stuff, but there's nothing you can do about it. The other, you may fear for your life, you just right. leave town, yeah. you know. Particularly, particularly if the investigation, whatever it is, is leading to a conclusion that might lead you to have lots of different enemies right you sure. know what i mean yeah, if your yeah. investigation is into let's say they were investigating who pushed Bran out of the window uh-huh. that would lead to one person and that would be your enemy kind of thing yeah in this case we don't know what they're investigating we don't know what they're finding but potentially you know th- there might be 58 people mad yeah, at you some, for doing this and so society you, some right. secret society that yeah. they're uncovering there you go it's it's, it's the illuminati that's <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. so ned goes to visit the armorer I, again, I mean, he following the trail, he thinks it was for a fancy armor. Yes. So he goes and asks them about the fancy armor. But the, uh, what's the guy's name? Mott? Yes. Tobo? Tobo Mott. T-O-B-H-O. Tobo? Tobo Mott. Tells him, no, actually, Dan didn't buy any armor. He just wanted to talk to the boy back there. So Gendry works for the armorer and learning his trade and is quite good, apparently, for a kid of only 16, 15 uh, he said he's Rob's age, so that would put him 14 to 15 to 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he wears his fancy... He, uh, Ned wears his fancy uh, stuff. His yes. he, he has his Hand of the King little thin brooch. It's, it's an interesting decision, though, if you think about it, because, I mean, obviously this guy had already been frequented by the previous Hand of the King. Right. I'm not sure how, you know, <laughs> you heard people around here every day. Uh, another one. Yeah. But, yes, he, he wanted to create an impression. Yeah. And and uh, he and Jory are having a conversation right before they leave about how it's odd that Renly, whatever they, whatever Stannis and John Aaron were up to, Renly wasn't involved. They didn't bring him in on it. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, obviously, it depends what it is. Right. You know, it might be like <laughs> Renly is doing something rotten. You that's know, that's true. Yeah. So that's that's what they don't know. And he tells us. Well, he doesn't tell anybody. His thoughts tell us of this story about Renly recently where he was very excited to show Ned this locket and it had a very vivid painting of a woman in it and he 
Renly says to Ned, "Do you, does this remind you of anybody? And Ned's like, no. no. <laughs> and he was very disappointed because it was Marjorie Tyrell, the sister of Sir Loras Tyrell, the Knight of Flowers. And he said some people had told him that it looked like Lyanna Stark. Oh, and yeah. Ned is like, no, not really. Yeah. And then Ned starting, Ned's thinking, Renly, who looks so much like a young Robert, Robert. is he, is he st- starting to get this fascination of finding a woman who looks like Lyanna, yeah. Robert's love? So Why not just find one who looks like <laughs> Cersei, you know, cut to the, to the end game <laughs> of this, true. you know. But yes, it's, it is it's odd behavior by Renly. Yeah. But he seems kind of he seems kind of odd all the time, just odd and quirky. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So they get out on the street and there's like chaos kind of raining out there. Uh, yeah, because and the city's filling up. Yes. Tournament. Yeah, he refers to um, passing beneath the king's gate into the stink of the city. Not exactly uh, good times out there. But he's also fretting... Uh, and paranoid of Varys's spies, and he's uh, he's I think he says he saw eyes everywhere, and that the shadow of the king spider and his little birds had him fretting like a maiden on her wedding night. Yeah. So whether or not Peter Baelish was being honest with him when he showed him out the window where the spies were, it's having an effect. Yeah. He yeah. could be honest. He could yeah. have been totally on the straight up, but you just never know with yeah, Littlefinger. Yeah, yeah. He could have just been creating. Havoc. Yeah. So he sees Beric Dondarrion arriving in the city for the tournament. Yeah. And we'll talk more about Beric Dondarrion later. He's going to be a character. Yes. And, you know, they were making a big deal over Beric coming into the city. But Ned's walking around, riding with his, you know, he's got his cape on and yeah. his uh, but I guess he, sigil. I guess Dondarrion's coming through the gate. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah, Ned's just... Coming out of the castle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He did pass beneath the king's gate, but he wasn't coming in the... Yeah. The Entering the river city. river gate yeah, yeah. the mud gate, whichever you want to call it. Yeah. So, Tobomart, he quickly realizes that Ned's about as interested in his armor as <laughs> John Aaron was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he introduces him to Gendry. Gendry is big and muscular. He's got thick ink black hair and blue eyes. Not the sweetest kid. No, he's got a chip on his shoulder about yeah. life, it seems. Uh, he shows Ned this helmet that he made. Which Ned is impressed by it and says, let me buy this from you. And he rips it out of his hands and <laughs> says, it's not for sale. <laughs> Tobo Mott is not pleased with no, him. No, <laughs> he, he gasps. <laughs> so uh, Ned asks Gendry what the uh, John Aaron and Stannis talked about. He said, yep. well, Stannis didn't say anything, but yes. John did the talking, he asked if he was happy and he asked about his mother and who she was and what she looked like. Right. She was a yellow-haired alehouse worker. Uh, that's all he can remember. He, she sang to him, apparently. Yeah. Um, he, Based on the fact that Ned so easily can identify him as, as Robert's, Robert's son, son, he must look a lot like Robert. Robert so. not, not much like a yellow-haired alehouse worker. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gendry said that am I am I mixing it up am I going no we said Gendry yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gendry said that uh, Stannis glared like he was a raper done for his daughter <laughs> <laughs> yeah again Tobomot gasps at this <laughs> that's the brother of the king so uh, they haven't taught him a lot of manners in this apprenticeship here no, no. I did we mention that he's an apprentice a, a so yes he's, apprentice. A, he's a blacksmith's apprentice to Tobomot but 
Um, then the other thing that comes up is that apprenticeships have to be paid for. Yes. So as a bastard, you know, the only person really who could pay for an apprenticeship would be the father. The father right. is the king. But um, Tobomot lies that the, he waived the the apprentice fee. Ned knows he's lying, so sort of strong arms him. And finally he gives up that it was a, a stout, round-shouldered individual, not as tall as Ned, possibly a bit of red hair, purple velvet cape with silver threads. Yeah. I couldn't figure out who this was. I have an idea, but I I can't say. It's memory? For, well, <laughs> yes. Um, well, no, it's not. I mean, I don't know. The, if we ever learn who it is, I've forgotten. Right. But I have an idea who I think it might be, but I, can't, I don't want to say okay. yet. Well, I mean... But they I, do say no name, no sigil. He paid twice, once for the apprenticeship and once for Tobomot's silence. Again, another one failing on the paying for silence <laughs> thing, just FYI. But obviously, I mean, you would think that this would have to be someone in league with the king. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, who else but the king would have any interest in Gendry, Gendry getting an apprenticeship? Right. His, king, the fa- his father, the king. Right, yeah. So Ned's final thoughts about what John Aaron wanted with Robert's bastard and why why it was worth his life. That's that's an interesting thing though because what what is the see when you were talking about Ned being nervous about being out in the in front of Varys's spies. Yeah. Was it the trip to see Gendry that cost him his life? Was it the book? Right. Was it something else? You know, there's all these. Was it his interest in breeding hounds? <laughs> you know. Was it the brothel frequency? Was it going to the brothel? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so any of those things could be the, the, the thing that led him to being murdered. So, But now, you know, when he was – when Ned was talking to Grandmaster Pycelle, you didn't get the impression that he was convinced that John Aaron had been murdered. Now you start to get the impression that he believes he was murdered. So – We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash You can find the link in our show notes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when someone investigating something gets murdered or dies in, yeah. out of the blue, you think somebody was afraid of what that investigation was turning up. Whatever that investigation yeah, was, yeah. that's what's gone on here. Yeah. Well, when we were in the last Ned chapter, we weren't getting much internal thoughts from Ned. So we really couldn't tell how he was handling the information he was getting from Pycelle. The only thing we got was him saying, when Pycelle says, I'm here to serve, he says, yeah, but for whom? That's kind of really the only yeah. time we got any impression that he thinks he's full of it. Yeah. So... But again, I mentioned this earlier, it goes back to, like, we know that Robert has a bunch of bastards, so what makes this particular bastard worth investigating? Or is it just one they could track down? Well, yes. I'm thinking yes to the second part of that. Okay. He is older than Joffrey. Yes, right. So, I mean, there's been times in the past where bastards have been legitimized Oh. And gained a claim to the throne. Yes, right, right. The Blackfire Rebellion. Blackfire Rebellion. That. You yeah. told me about this. <laughs> this is how I know. So, you know, maybe maybe that's a concern here. Right. Maybe, maybe right. that does point the finger at Cersei. Although, why kill John when you could kill Gendry? 
Gendry's the problem here, not John. You know, <laughs> that's let, true. Let him root them all out for you so you can kill them. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're done with the chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'll ultimately, we've got a bunch of things that. Uh, Loose ends yeah. that haven't been tied up yet. But they're fascinating. They so are. background, um, I'll, I'll take Lan the Clever. You do that. He was the origin of the House Lannister. So way back in the Age of Heroes, the dominant family in the West was the Casterlies. And Lan the Clever tricked them out of Casterly Rock somehow and lived a long life there, siring many children who became Clan Lannister, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he stole from the sun to give all of his children their golden hair. Yeah, I think it was that got a quick reference in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stories of how he stole Casterly Rock are varied. Mm-hmm. He comes up in songs and poetry all the time, Lan the Clever, and different stories. Uh, he smuggled the pride of lions in to eat all the Castellies. He uh, put tons of mice and rats in there to drive them out. He snuck in and convinced them it was haunted. He you know, haunted the place at night. I, I believe he covered his body in butter and then to slid slip through, through a crack, crack. in yes, their yes, so. yes. Yeah. All kinds of clever. things. Clever. Yes, he was clever. He wasn't as clever as all this, though, because presumably he only did one of these things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Doing all of them at once yeah. might tip them off. Yeah. Uh, so the Lannisters became so numerous at Castle Rock that a whole branch peeled off and set up in Lannisport. But the Castle Rock branch remained the dominant and became the kings in the West right. before the coming of Egan the Conqueror and settling back down to just being lords of the West. Yes. Well, okay. So we also got a mention of the Siege of Storm's End. And we've mentioned this a couple times before. Uh, Stannis and Renly were besieged in the family home of Storm's End during Robert's Rebellion. And the siege lasted for more than a year and comes to us with tales of terrible hunger and privation. Stannis, ever a taciturn man, had all the remaining fun leached out of him (laughs) during this siege. So (laughs) even if he had been uh, a fun guy before, whatever whatever fun in him was uh, taken out. Renly was so young that he appears to have come through it as less damaged than Mm -hmm. his older brother. The besiegers were mainly from the Reach. Quick mention in this chapter, I believe, that houses Tyrell and Redwine are said to have feasted extravagantly within the sight of the walls. Oh, that's cruel. I know, seriously. Probably had the grills going and oh. wafting Yeah, yeah. Burgers. They probably looked at where the wind was and set up on that side of the castle to let the smells go. The siege would probably have been successful and uh, may have turned the tide in the rebellion, but for a smuggler who managed to evade the Redwine blockade and get a cargo of onions and fish into the castle... And not too well. Before long, we will we'll meet said that smuggler. smuggler was, yes. yes, yes. I often think that that smuggler must have done well to get through the blockade because I mean, they, the red wine set up ships to stop anyone doing right. exactly what the smuggler did. Yeah. Given that we cannot get through an episode of the podcast without coughing, <laughs> <laughs> he slipped past them. He never coughed once. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. He's a better man than us. That's right. Maybe he was better hydrated before he possibly, started. Possibly, possibly. Didn't but talk as much as we Perhaps are. if someone was sitting there with a bunch of swords just ready for <laughs> us, we might stop coughing too. It's true. So Beric Dundarian, we mentioned arrived in King's Landing. Uh, he's one that we'll keep an eye on. Yes. And the City Watch, or Gold Cloaks, that's their nickname. They're pretty much the police force of King's Landing. And as we heard at the beginning of this chapter, they're headed by Janus Slint. He's... Not held in much esteem and thought to be very willing to accept a bribe. Which might go to Renly's being a bit contemptuous yes, of him. Yes, that's true. 
So in comparison with the television show, it was all largely captured. Um, Jenna Slint's request to the smaller council for more men and Ned's assignment thereof. Ned talks to Jory about the four Aaron staff and hears that Sir Hugh has become high and mighty. We actually okay. see the conversation between Jory and Sir Hugh. They actually see that scene. Oh, yeah. okay. Sir Hugh, going to your... Sir Hugh will be at the tournament. He's actually striding and measuring the tournament rail okay, for, so, yeah. for said tournament. Um, I can confirm that he was in the show an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just as he was portrayed by Jory. Right. Uh, Ned goes to the armourers with Jory rather than with a couple of random guards and as such his conversation with Jory about Sir Hugh is en route so okay. they kind of kill two birds with one stone yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, the armourer's shop is a little less grand in the show than it was in the book in the book it was like a big house with the uh, blacksmiths out back Right here it was just a blacksmith with an open front sort okay. of thing. just like so, on the side of the road exactly um, I think I remember that yeah uh, Jenry does confirm that his mother had yellow hair and died when he was young. Uh, there was no conversation about who brought him to and paid for his apprenticeship in oh, the show. Okay. So I think in many ways that in the book was just doubling down on the, yeah. you know. I mean, it, it's a mystery that doesn't have to be solved. He is the king's son, clearly. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter if someone's looking after him, you know. Yeah. Unless that someone who's looking after him doesn't want it to be discovered who he is. And, and that's why they killed John, John Aaron, Aaron. Maybe. And Stannis was next. Maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Just just off the top of my head. Yeah, I haven't thought it through, but... Yeah. But why? But yeah. why... Yeah. I mean, I get, I get the looking after him. You were looking after him at the behest of the king. But why... What are you afraid of that it comes to light? Maybe you're afraid that Cersei's going to find out that mm. there's an older... Although we know that He's been fathering bastards all the way back to yeah. his days yeah. being fostered with um, John Aaron in the, in the Vale. Guess so, we'll find out. Yeah. All right. So to Pedantry Corner, um, just nothing really, but Janice Slint's report to the small council had all the hallmarks of a modern police force. Yep. He lists the crime that happened the night before like he's pulling it from he a did. spreadsheet. That's right. <laughs> and if you think about Very it... Very specific it, list. Exactly. If, if you were the head of a pre-communication police force you would know a handful of the things that happened but not everything right yeah so i mean unless unless they are very well organized and that once they've fished the head out of the pond they come (laughs) home and write a report in triplicate one of which comes to janice slint's desk right seems a little far-fetched um I get what you're saying. I get what you're getting at. Yeah. Ned going to the armorer personally seems to fly in the face of the advice he received from Peter Bailey. It sure does. You see, I think if Ned had interviewed Sir Hugh of the Vale, that would be less Mm -hmm. revealing to whatever spies are watching him than going to the armorer. Yeah. You might... John John went to the armorer. Now Ned is going to the armorer. Ned talking to the squire. Yeah. Someone that knew... Exactly. John just just seems like he's only partially following the advice yes i i agree yeah but the other thing the other thing i want to say in pedigree corner about stannis leaving king's landing is that he was in charge of the realm when he fled to dragonstone if you think everybody was out of town they'd all left <laughs> it's true stannis was by far the most senior member of the royal family left in town yeah the only two uh, the only three members of the small council left when robert left was stannis renly and uh, no, no, Peter Baelish was there. Oh right? yeah, Peter Baelish and Varys and, and Pycelle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, so the whole small council oh, was there. And uh, Sir Barristan Selmy. That's his name. I was trying to. Think oh yeah, Barristan Selmy. So yeah, 
There's so a lot. The, the whole fall council was there. <laughs> but, but Stannis was the king's brother, right. the eldest brother. He'd be in charge. You would think so. You'd yeah. say, I'm going north for three months. You're in yeah. charge. He fled, left Renly in charge. What did Renly do? He rode 16 days north <laughs> to be an honor guard for the king, leaving who in charge? Barristan Selmy? Barristan Selmy went with Renly. That's right. <laughs> it was only by then, there was only Pysel, Peter Baelish and Baelish and Varys. That's all they left yeah, in charge. Yeah, that's right. Nobody else. There wasn't a single person from the royal family left. So I'm not, I mean, obviously Stannis left for his good reasons, but the whole thing about how many people left... I, really, this is this is more pedantry about that stupid going north for uh, Renly and Barristan's <laughs> yeah, assembly. You, you really aren't a fan of that. No, it was silly. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, news and notes. Yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got an email from Ricky. Thank you for reaching out. Um, asked if we could cover a bit more of the religions of Westeros. It is a subject that I am fascinated by, so yeah. I'll certainly shoehorn it in whenever I can, uh, particularly the episodes where we're groping for content. This right. is not one of those episodes. Right. We've got yep. lots to talk about here. Uh, they also, uh, Ricky also asked if we could look into the history of names, uh, last names, I think. That is right. not something I thought to do, but we can research them a little bit and see what we can come up with. Yeah. Lannisters, I can tell you come from Lan the Clever. So right. the, checking this box for this episode. But anyway, thanks a million, Ricky. We really appreciate you reaching. Yes, out. we really do. Thank you. So conclusion. Yes. John Aaron and uh, Stannis were sniffing around for something together. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously they got too close to something. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm saying that. He might have died of natural causes, but I'm... I'm... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the opinion that something there was foul play involved. There's in definitely a lot of suspicious yeah. things we're discovering here. Yeah. So yeah. some of it involved uh, Gendry, who appears to be a bastard son of King Robert. Some of it involves brothels. Yeah. Some of it involves this book of lineages. So yeah, we've got these loose ends. How do they come together to tie up? That's that's what we're waiting to find out. If if they come together to tie up. Yeah. But whatever it is appeared to have rattled someone. Oh, yeah. Rattled them enough to kill John Arryn and rattled, then rattled Stannis enough for him to flee when yeah. he was in charge. Right. Just to say. <laughs> one more time. Or could Stannis be the one fleeing from his own guilt? Yeah, maybe, that's, maybe that is a, an interpretation here, that Arryn was onto something. He thought, who can I trust? And he turned to Stannis, and Stannis went with him a couple of times, and then Stannis was like, he's getting too close to the right. truth, I'm going to bump him off. Could be, yeah, that's... That fits, possibly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. We, we'll have to wait for Ned to talk to Sir Hugh, because that's clearly the one that's most interesting. It seems like it should be. Although he could hardly be more forthcoming than the other three. <laughs> <Right>. The other three. <laughs> they pieced together his entire life between them. Yeah. And where's this random, mis- mysterious old book fit into things? You mm-hmm. know, So far, I don't know. Right. I guess we'll find out. Yep. All right. Well, as always, you can reach us at ghost.harrenhall at gmail.com and please go out and follow us on uh, all the uh, social media options. We're at ghost, at ghost Hall on Twitter and we're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We are not on, as Simon would say, Tic Tac. So. <laughs> and here's our plea for getting the word out. If you like what we're doing, leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you listen to your pods. Um, and you can always... Uh, Facebook about us to spread the word. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.